You're listening to The Preppy Podcast. I'm your host, Patricia May Marish, and I'll be interviewing the brands, businesses, and influencers who are keeping the modern preppy lifestyle alive. Each Tuesday, I'll bring you a new episode, but if you're craving more preppy, then shop the merch at thepreppypodcast.com and follow at The Preppy Podcast on social media. Thanks for joining me for another episode of The Preppy Podcast. Today I'm interviewing Malia of Lettermate. She makes beautiful embroidered dinner and cocktail napkins. I've been a fan of hers for years and have many of her quirky cocktail napkins in my own personal collection. And I even got to meet her in Winter Park, Florida a few years back. So I absolutely loved learning more about her, how she started Lettermate, and how she's grown it to collaborate with some iconic brands like Bloomingdale's and Draper James. Before we start the interview, though, I want to share with you about Angie Everd-Turner. You may remember her as I interviewed her a few months back. She's an attorney helping small businesses and brands. After almost 20 years in retail, 10 years in wholesale, and 5 years in licensing, Angie decided to give the people what they were asking for, an attorney who is familiar with the needs of creative entrepreneurs. She doesn't just represent those creative industries, she's part of it. As a designer, artist, and entrepreneur, she understands the legal needs of creative businesses because she has owned and operated one herself. Angie has always loved being creative since she started Hype Stripe in 2003. When people learned she was an attorney too, they were quick to ask her all sorts of legal questions pertaining to running a creative business. She also knew she she also knew she practiced law that she would never be able to work in a conventional brick and mortar law office setting. So now she's combining both of her loves, creative entrepreneurship and law. Her goal is to provide outstanding service by giving sound legal advice and helping you protect your business interests. Here's what Angie believes. You deserve great service. Your attorney should be part of your business resource team, just like your accountant or banker. And last, the legal advice you receive should be easy to understand. Angie is located in Georgia and is licensed to handle all business matters in the state of Georgia. She also is able to handle matters of copyright and trademark nationally. Con- contact Angie through her site, angieeverturnerlaw.com, or follow along with her on Instagram. All right, so why don't you let everyone know who you are, where you live, and what you do? Okay, so, and thank you for having me. Um, my name is Malia Palma. I own Lettermaid. I live in uh, Maitland, Florida, which is right outside of um, Orlando. Awesome. So now growing up, were you always someone that was creative? Like, were you setting the table at a young age and decorating? Were you, you know, selling things yeah. like an entrepreneur in the making? Like, were there any signs of that as a kid? I think, I mean, I always liked doing, we did have to set the table, but I don't think that's what fueled my career. Um, uh, I always liked doing creative things. Um, when I was in, you know, elementary school, I would scrapbook and that sort of thing. Um, I learned very, very basic sewing in middle school. Um, and then I would like make some A-line skirts and things like that to wear, uh, and, I think it was eighth and ninth grade or so. So I always like to do um, kind of hands-on, crafty, creative uh, type of things. So Definitely. 
I feel like yeah. that's how a lot of us creatives were like always yeah. having, you know, crafts and arts and projects, mm-hmm. things like that going on. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. So, so, so yeah, I think, I think that was always sort of, um, and I still like doing that. I still kind of yeah. sew occasionally and whatnot. So, um, so yeah. <laughs> Awesome. So now where and what did you end up studying then? Like, did you go to college and have anything to do with what you do today? Or was it completely different uh, sort of feel that you studied? Yeah. So I, right after high school, um, I went to FIT up in New York um, mm-hmm. and I did, I studied fashion merchandising and I had an awesome um, internship that, that first year. And so I worked um, in an apparel showroom and kind of got my first taste into what um, some of the trade shows were like. And that was all in the apparel world, but Mm -hmm. um, it definitely helped me with, you know, how to put a line sheet together and just some of the very, very basic things. Mm -hmm. Um, So I was there for my first year and then all of my family, well, most of my family is down here in Florida and I kind of felt like I, I want to be near my family again. So after, um, after my first year, I came back down to Florida and I went to school, um, actually like 10 minutes away from me now at Rollins college. Um, and that's when my, uh, degree totally changed. So I was studying, um, psychology and communications there. And that's what I ended up getting my, my degree in. Um, so I took, it was a bit of a, um, a, a kind of scattered path, I would say, during college. But um, but yeah, it started with with fashion and ended with more of a liberal arts education. Definitely. Oh my gosh, Rollins is so pretty there. Whenever I visit yeah. Winter Park, I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. such a pretty campus. Yes, definitely, definitely a great campus to to be on. So it was fun. <laughs> and so different from New York, though. Which one of the things I think that's important is a lot of people. Um, young people who are interested in fashion, like you kind of think, oh, you have to study fashion to be in the fashion mm-hmm. world. Um, right. Or even, you know, I, I know what you do now necessarily is yeah. like clothing, but I still right. lump that into that fashion yeah. world. And, um, mm-hmm. and you really don't, you can study something else and then later find your way there. There's so many different right. um, like departments within this fashion world. Like I work right. with a lot of brands and fashion design designers just with my business with PR and communication. So I think mm-hmm. that's like an important lesson to anyone listening that, you know, yes. wants to be in fashion, but thinks they have to only study fashion. Yes, definitely. And I feel like, I mean, throughout college and then even sort of at the end of high school, um, I feel like internships were just so helpful, sort of no matter what you're studying, if you can get an internship um, Mm -hmm. and kind of work in a field that you're interested in, I feel like that always gave me a lot of insight into um, kind of what I liked or, you know, sometimes more importantly, what I really didn't like. Um, And then, (laughs) you know, you kind of figure out things that way too. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about some of the internships that you had then. You said you had one then when you were in New York with more of a fashion related business, um, but any others that you want to talk about? Yeah. I um, So my first one in college was with Genera, which was in New York um, and that was great. And I um, just got to do a lot of different, really fun things, uh, interning there. And then when I moved back home, um, or we'll move back to this area, mm-hmm. um, I worked for a commercial real estate builder. And oh. so, um, well worked and interned kind of, and they were also venture capitalists. So, um, I learned a lot about just kind of some of the very basics of, um, 
commercial real estate, but also uh, just day-to-day business activities. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, the, the person that I worked for has become one of my business mentors and yeah. he's done a lot just in the kind of entrepreneurial world. Um, so, you know, that was incredibly helpful as well. Um, and then I just, and then aside from internships, I have worked in retail since I was probably 15, I think, um, kind of on and off during summers or, you know, if I was in high school, it might be just like one or two days a week, but I always kind Mm -hmm. of stayed in, in the retail world a bit. Definitely. So now was your first career then in commercial real estate then after your internship or what, what did you end up um, going into first? That was actually, that was while I was at Rollins. So that was still during college. Um, And then after I graduated, I actually went and worked in um, development. So I did fundraising for a local private school, um, which I guess like with cold calls and all of that, it definitely helped over time, I think with, um, with sales and, you know, a lot of the stuff that I think that you come across in owning a business and having a retail business. but that was my first job out of college, and I was there for a couple years, um, and then that's also when I started Lettermade. So it overlapped a little bit before um, I went on to do Lettermade full time. That's so cool. So tell me then about Lettermade. Like, when and why did you decide to start your business, and sort of how? Yeah. So um, I think it happened a little bit by mistake um, <laughs> because I I was just really missing a lot of the um, creative aspects, um, in life. I feel like I was, Mm -hmm. I I liked my job. It was, um, I worked with a great group of people. Um, I learned a lot doing, you know, what I was doing in the development office. Um, but every night I would pretty much come home and I would just like sew or embroider, um, or do something a little more creative as kind of my, my outlet at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, you know, I was working in the nonprofit sector. I thought I'm just at, or I'm, you know, not too far out of college, making a little extra money wouldn't be the worst idea. And so uh, I decided to open up just like an online shop with a lot of the embroidery that I was working on. Um, And it was very much a side job. Um, And so, you know, I I was doing a lot of monograms and that was something where I could easily, you know, have a very like niche product line on my website Mm -hmm. and kind of keep control of it while I still had a full-time job. Um, And so, yeah, I pretty much... I think it was the first three months of Lettermade. I was still working um, in development. So I would, you know, kind of, I mean, it sounds like it was just overnight that I launched my website. There was a lot more to it than that, but, (laughs) um, but, but yeah, I just decided kind of as a side job, I would start doing some monogrammed linens and things like that. Um, And then it pretty quickly turned into my full-time job. But. Oh my gosh. So let's talk a little bit about some of these first steps then to launching it. So did you mm-hmm. have um, an embroidery machine or is that something that once you started, you know, doing a lot more than you had to buy? Like, how did that sort yeah. of process work? Like, because I assume you needed, you know, it started more as right. a hobby, it sounds, and then slowly it kind mm-hmm. of became a business and then more quickly. So what were some of the steps? Like setting up your website, I'm sure buying machines, yeah. about branding and packaging. So talk to me a little bit about that. Yeah. So, um, so when I first started, I really wasn't thinking a lot. I mean, I thought about branding a lot, Mm -hmm. but I really didn't dive too deep into 
packaging and all sorts of things that, you know, the last seven years or so I've been working a lot more on. Um, just because I thought this will be a side job. I don't really know where it's going yet. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I did have an embroidery machine and it was a very small embroidery machine. That was part of why I made table linens was just because I could with, with embroidery, you have to, I don't know if you're familiar with like using an embroidery machine, but you basically have a hoop and it, so it was just a tabletop, like small embroidery machine. So you can't really make like bags and things like that on a small machine. Um, so I started doing, you know, like very simple things on there and, um, So then, you know, fast forward a little bit to the website, I had kind of dabbled with uh, Etsy and deciding, you know, whether I wanted to do that or just do kind of my own full-blown website. Mm -hmm. Um, So I looked into that a bit, decided to go with Squarespace. It was really easy for me to put it together myself. Um, It was, you know, I don't have a lot of product categories or anything like that. So it was fairly simple to set up, um, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of in the evenings when I'd come home from work. Um, And then I think with, gosh, I can't even remember now. I think with packaging, I was using, you know, I mean, it wasn't custom or anything like that at the time. It was very much just... Um, I think I just bought from like a wholesale packaging company or something like that. Um, you like very, very simple stuff. Um, and yeah. And so when I decided to do my own website, I was doing all of the product photography myself and just kind of being scrappy with that and figuring out Photoshop and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And, um, yeah. And then from there it was kind of, I mean, one thing led to another. So I was like setting up my tax ID number and doing all of that kind of um, stuff that you just have to do. like (laughs) That no one likes. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So it was just a lot of, I feel like in the early days, a lot of just Googling and figuring out and asking people and, um, and, and for the first year, probably the first six months or so, I, well, maybe not even six months, maybe for the first like four to five months, I was doing, um, all of the embroidery myself at my house. And it was, I ended up kind of like upgrading to a semi-commercial machine and all of that. Mm -hmm. So as the months went on and, and I had more sales and took on wholesale accounts and all of that, I, I got a couple of machines, but, um, but yeah, months down the road is sort of when I started looking into manufacturing and whatnot. Okay. That makes sense. I remember, I feel like some of my first, um, Napkins I bought from you came in like the clear little plastic um, sleeve with like a little sticker maybe with your logo and a card. And now I just got, you know, the little fish uh, cocktail napkins and they have a beautiful box. Like it's, I followed you you. for years. So it's just fun to see you grow and evolve. (laughs) Thanks. Thanks. Yes. Yeah. Packaging is like a whole nother ball game. I feel like Mm -hmm. when you, when you go into packaging. So, and then it gets into you know, all the technical stuff with margins and whatnot. So packaging was a bit of a long road. (laughs) No, that's fair. So where did the name come from also? I really wish I had a great story for that, but (laughs) I don't. Um, I think I was just trying to come up with um, something that I wanted, something that people could say. I didn't want it to be a name that was hard to pronounce. And um at the time I was just doing a lot of monograms. So I 
was making letters. And so I thought I'll just call it letter made because I'm doing so many. And now I don't even, we're not really doing monograms anymore, but, um, but at the time I was doing so much of that and I was really struggling with figuring out a name. So I think one day I just kind of said, okay, this is what I'm going to call it. And a lot of other brands like Kitchen Aid or Rubber Maid, I just thought, you know, Letter Maid works. So <laughs> just very simple. <laughs> I love that. So yeah. for anyone listening who's not familiar with Letter Maid already, can you describe mm-hmm. your brand in a sentence or two and like your products? Yeah. So um, Letter Maid is, is sort of the basics of it is we sell 100% linen embroidered cocktail napkins and dinner napkins. Um, they're all a little bit cheeky. So like the, the fish napkins that you have, it's mm-hmm. fish with like the, you know, with these like red lips. And um, so there's always, I think, a little bit of flair to what, um, what we're, what we're designing. I love them. Um, so how did you spread the word then? So you, you had these, um, you were making napkins, you had some of the equipment now, you had a website. So now what did you do to get the word out and get customers? So um, the first thing I did, I think this was actually even before I had a website, I, I made an Instagram account after I figured out what the name was going to be. And I started posting just some of what I was making, some of the designs that I was putting on cocktail napkins, um, just to kind of start posting some of the content. Um, and I would use, I mean, the algorithm I think has changed so many different times since then, Mm -hmm. but, um, you know, seven and a half, eight years ago, you could put a hashtag and search for it and, you know, everything was a little bit more, came up more organically. Um, and so I had some cactus cocktail napkins and, um, I, think I I call them like Marfa, like Marfa, Texas, Marfa Cactus cocktail napkins. And um, Bradley Means, who is, she's, um, she has a blog called Luella in June. She is, you know, an influencer, content creator. um, And she reached out to me on Instagram and said, how can I, um, how can I buy these? And I think that it was through like the Marfa hashtag that she found them. Um, And it was right, it was maybe like a week or two before I launched my website. And so I was thrilled. I followed her blog. Um, I loved the kind of content she was always posting about. And so I sent her a set of napkins and all of the stars kind of aligned um, that when I launched my website, she uh, did a post on her blog about Lettermaid. So right off the bat, I had some really great um, traffic on my website and a lot of sales, um, just to kind of get things moving right out of the gate. Um, so I, I still very much credit Bradley, uh, for helping me, um, helping me get things, get things started. That's so, amazing. I mean, that was yeah. really lucky. I feel like also very. the influencer <laughs> world has changed so much since then, but yes, totally. I mean, for someone like her to reach out to you, you didn't even have to reach out to her and then it'd be the right timing is so amazing. Yes, it was. I, yes, I definitely felt very lucky um, to get in touch with her. And then, you know, from her blog, some of her readers are also, um, you know, the, the first magazine that the, our cocktail napkins were in was the knot. And I think that um, Lauren Kay, who was one of the editors there at the time. She had found my napkins on Bradley's blog. So it was kind of this, you know, one thing led to another and um, 
yes, I was very lucky. I feel like with that uh, from the start. So, so that was definitely. And then, so what do you do now then to market your business? Do you still work with a lot of influencers? Like, what would you say your biggest tool is these days? Yeah, I think um, probably influencers. I would say. Um, I mean, I even shop a lot through like the LTK app and mm-hmm. you know that sort of thing. And so, um, but. It, I mean, it's, it's very, I wish I had like a, I I think that I'm at the point in my business now where pretty much every business you have to invest into technology to really, um, grow and scale your business. And I'm still at the point I think where I will reach out to people and if they bought my product or, um, would align well with my product, you know, I reach out and just kind of say like, Hey, would you like a set of these? And I would love to partner with you if you'd be interested. And, um, you know, so there's, there's been a a bit of that and it's, I would say very, um, I don't know. The only word I can think of is like very organic. Cause I'll just mm-hmm. connect with someone like on Instagram and maybe we'll, you know, chat for a bit and then it will end up being something, um, Or, you know, I think throughout the last seven years, one of the ways that I've really been able to market LetterMade is through brand collaborations. Um, So it was probably like nine months or so into LetterMade. I started working with Draper James and we partnered together for, I think it was about three to four years uh, we worked together. And so a lot of the brand collaborations have helped me um, spread the word. you know, drive traffic, all of that. Um, I recently did a collaboration with Bloomingdale's. Um, and so, you know, that was of course like a great, a great brand to, um, to work with. And so, um, yeah, I think a lot of brand collaborations, uh, as well as influencers have helped, um, with marketing and advertising. Definitely. So let's talk a little bit about growth too, um, because mm-hmm. now you have a manufacturer, correct, that helps you. So you're not making all right. of these in your kitchen. Um, right. Yes. So talk to me about like that process, because I feel like a lot of people are always interested in that. Um, and mm-hmm. I've had some people who they're like, oh, I just Googled and found you yeah. know, a manufacturer factory. And some people are like, oh, one messaged me on Instagram and it ended up working out. Right. And then others are like, oh, you know, I had a friend. So I'm always interested yeah. to learn. Yeah. Um, well, when I, so when I first started searching for a manufacturer, I think it was right after, um, the Draper James collaboration Mm -hmm. was in the works. And that was the point where I just knew that I wouldn't be able to make that quantity by myself. Um, and so I was very much like always saying yes. Even now I think I was like, you know, back then I was always saying yes to any collaboration that I would just need to figure out how to make yes. it work because Say I wanted yes things and figure to, it out later. Yes, that's my motto. Exactly. <laughs> yes. And that's pretty much, that's pretty much what I was doing for a very long time. Um, but I, so I knew that I wanted to find something in the U S just because international, um, you know, anything overseas, it's just a whole nother ball game with mm-hmm. customs and importing and all of that kind of stuff. So I just started searching on Google for manufacture embroidery, um, factories or manufacturers in the U S. Um, and so I, I think I made a list of like, you know, 10 that I found or something like that. And I just would call them and say, you know, do you do contract embroidery, X, Y, and Z, all the, you know, everything that I needed. And, um, a couple places who were receptive. I think a lot of people kind of, um, 
I mean, I couldn't see them on the other line, but I think they probably looked at me if they were talking to me in person, like, you want us to embroider cocktail napkins for you? Like, (laughs) I I think they probably thought it was a little strange, Um, but a couple places were very receptive to it. So I sent them, um, and I did use an import buyer that's in the US. So when I sourced linens, that was a bit of an easier ball game. Um, So I would send them blanks and have them make samples with a couple of my designs and then send back the, you know, send back the samples to kind of check the quality and, um, turnaround time and just like the whole process sort of giving it like a, a nice run through. Um, and so, yeah, so I, I had found a manufacturer, uh, that way fairly quickly. I think once I started, started, um, doing all of my Googling and, (laughs) uh, I, and I still work with them. So I've worked with them years or so now. And they've been a really great, great partner. Yeah, for sure. So now let's talk a little bit about collaborations then, um, because you've been Mm -hmm. lucky to do some with Draper James and Bloomingdale. Mm -hmm. So how did those come about? Were they just cold calls or, you know, a message on Instagram? Or did you know someone there? Like, I think a lot of people are always wondering about, you know, what's the best way to approach your dream collaboration brand? Yes. So with Draper James, um, they reached out to me before I, like before it launched because it was right in the beginning phases of kind of they were looking for their suppliers and manufacturers oh, wow. and makers and all of that. And I had just recently changed my logo um, and you know did much more of like a customized logo than what I had before. And okay. the graphic designer I worked with, um, her name is Hannah Seabrook, and she has incredibly beautiful logos that she's done for lots of different companies and websites that she's done. And, um, I didn't know this at the time, but she did Draper James logo. And so since, yeah. And so since she had just done my logo, they were looking for makers in the South, um, you know, cause they were really trying to build on kind of like the Southern based, um, brands that they would be carrying or, you know, mm-hmm. collaborations they would be doing. Um, and so she had given them my name and, uh, from there, you know, they, in the, in the beginning, they kind of, so we, we, I connected with them through her. And then in the beginning of that collaboration, they pretty much would send me, um, like different patterns they were working on and some images from their line sheets. And then from there I would create a lot of samples for them. And, um, and that's, that's how that whole collaboration, um, got started. Um, and then I think like I did a couple kind of small capsule collections with gray Malin. Um, Mm. and when we worked together, I think that all happened because he was gifted a set of the flamingo cocktail napkins that we had a while ago. Mm -hmm. Um, so that happened through that connection. Um, Bloomingdale's, I think there, they had been working on, um, I did a couple rounds of collaborations for them and it was all four different, uh, like gift hubs. Like a, it was like a carousel, I think they called it, um, like the carousel gift hub. And so, uh, each, each different, uh, sort of like collection that they did, they had an influencer that they brought in, um, to kind of curate the collection and, I think the first time around it was Patrick Janelle who had said, you know, Hey, why don't you reach out to Lettermaid? And then, um, 
that's how I got in touch with Bloomingdale. So it's all happened very, that's a very long winded answer, but it all happened a bit differently. Um, so but it sounds but all like all of them were, came to you, like they were fans of you already. Um, yeah. Yeah. Or, you know, through relationships, basically, right. or um, yeah. even another good point was that gifted opportunity. Um, right. You know, I always tell clients and people listening, like your samples, like mm-hmm. give them away. Like, I, yeah. I know it costs you, obviously, to right. give your product, but it's less yeah. than, you know, taking right. out an ad and who knows where Definitely. it's you know? Yes, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. I think almost all of it happened through like, you know, some sort of relationship connection. Yeah. Um, so yes. Yeah, so I was, I felt very fortunate with all of those to, <laughs> um, kind of have those, uh, relationships. So, yeah. So now what's something you're really proud of with your business? Like, you know, was there a pinch me moment that you got into a magazine or was it these collaborations or is it just something more personal? Like what, what are you really proud of? Yeah. Um, I think that, I mean, I have a very long way to go cause I have <laughs> such a small business, but, um, I think that some of the, I mean, I used to cry all the time, every time I got into magazine, because I was oh, just so excited, you know, it's yeah. like tears of joy. It's like, you have this like thing that you're just making in your house. And when it, when, you know, thousands of people can see it, it's just, it's so exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think one of the, the first, really exciting things, um, was when, and this was for the collaboration with Draper James, but Oprah magazine did a, like a four page spread or so, or six page spread on Draper James. And Mm -hmm. it was like, probably, I think 20 people like Molly Sims, Gail King, Reese Witherspoon, all of them, they were holding up the cocktail napkins that I had made. Um, so that was probably the biggest, um, pinch me moment, uh, you know, of, of Lettermaid's life, I think. (laughs) Wow. That's really cool. And, you know, even working in PR, when I get clients in magazines like Oprah, even though it it happens, you know, multiple times a year, it's just exciting. So I think I can imagine being on the other side and it being your products. Um, Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's like, it's just, yeah, it's like you get to share something that you've made or, um, like, you know, for PR, like a brand you're representing, it's like, Mm -hmm. it's just so exciting to share it with all of these people that you don't even know, you know? (laughs) So So on the flip side to that, what do you say is like the, the biggest hurdle or the biggest challenge for you with your business always? Um, I think that, you know, in the beginning when I, when I set up my website and when I set out to do this, I was thinking of it on such a small scale that I really didn't set up pricing, um, correctly for like now most of my business is actually wholesale. So, um, back then I wasn't even thinking about selling to retailers. So I really didn't have my margins set up correctly. Pricing was really hard to figure out. Um, so yeah, I think I, I think setting up all of that in the beginning and then having to really make a big shift once I started selling to more retailers, um, that was probably the biggest hurdle. And that mm-hmm. was, you know, it was a lot of like negotiating with your manufacturer to get your um, costs down so that, you know, you didn't have to raise the retail price too much, but that you still were making um you know, making money on your product and that sort of thing. Um, so yeah, I would say, I would say setting up all of the pricing from the start, um, 
if I had known I was doing wholesale, I think yeah. that that would have been very helpful. <laughs> Definitely. I always so. do say that, you know, with clients yeah. or anyone listening, like figure out if you want to do wholesale because it's a lot right. easier to set up your prices at the beginning for mm-hmm. it than come back later. Yes, definitely. So who inspires you? Oh gosh, a, a lot of people. I feel like <laughs> I, um, I mean, I am like so in awe of so many people who have built businesses and hired teams and work with factories overseas and in the U.S. And like, um, so I think like, oh my gosh, so many people, um, I listen to like a ton of podcasts that interview different designers. So Mm -hmm. like Nikki Kuehl is um, one of my favorite clothing designers. Her line Kuehl is very, um, it's a lot of stripes. So um, it's, you know, preppy, modern American, I would say. Um, But, you know, people like her who've built these businesses, um, the brand Claire V, Claire Vivier, it's, I love um, her line and hearing her story. Um, oh gosh. Um, so many people, uh, I'm sure Roxy. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. Definitely Roxy from Society Social. (laughs) Um, um, yeah. Edie Parker, Rebecca Minkoff. Um, yeah. So many, so many people. Did you read Rebecca's new book? I haven't yet, but I, I do listen to her podcast and okay. she's gone through like some of the chapters in her podcast that I've listened to. Um, so, so yeah, I, I need to get her book cause I, I know I bought it, but I haven't read it yet. It's, it's sitting on my nightstand one of these days. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. No, I do. I need to, maybe I should just buy like the, um, the, uh, audio version or something like that. Yes. I feel like I'm, I'm constantly, I have a one-year-old, so I'm constantly going on like walks and things and I need some entertainment. So that's yeah. why I, I listen to a zillion podcasts to get uh, inspiration and, you know, hear how other people um, build their businesses. So, For sure. um, yeah. So what's your design process like? Like, are you getting inspiration for new products through, you know, Pinterest or influencers or just living your life and seeing what you kind of want? And then how far in advance do you sort of have to design to then launch? Like, are you designing, you know, Christmas now, or are you designing next spring now? Tell me a little bit about the design process. Yeah, I think it's just kind of, um, you know, in life. So like, when was it two years ago or something like that? Probably before, I'm not sure, but like the whole grand millennial um, sort of trend, you know, I'm totally on board with that. And so I think a lot of, um, you know, from that, like the floral inspirations, you know, getting a lot more into, um, that sort of thing. Like right now I have some, uh, hand embroidered linens that have like scattered daisies on them and some that are poppies and things like that. Um, so I think like just different trends out in the world sometimes will, um, you know, give me ideas for what the linens will be like. I, I think like the, the icon collection that I have, it's like Queen Elizabeth, Anna Wintour, Karl Lagerfeld, all of them. Um, that I think when I, my first one was Iris Apfel and I, I just sort of thought, Oh, it'd be fun to put, you know, her face on a cocktail napkin. And so after I did that, those did really well. And, um, that's how that line kind of expanded. So all of the other, you know, icons that I have, um, that was sort of through, uh, popularity, um, 
I love that. I have the there. iris ones from you. Oh, do you? Oh, good, good, good. Thanks. I love it. <laughs> Who would your dream customer be? Like, if it any celebrity, any influencer, like who do you think is the letter made girl or guy that you'd love to see your product with? Um, I think. I mean, I am so grateful for everyone who has continued to buy my linens because I feel like I am in such a small niche, um, you know, uh, market, I guess, that I just, I get really excited when anyone, you know, posts pictures or emails me and like really loves, loves their linens. Um, so, but I think like, I don't know. I mean, I... I'm such a big fan of the royal family. If there was ever like a royal who had my linens, that would be really fun for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't, I don't know. I think, I mean, it, it still like makes me cry too when um, people email me and I've done like linens for their wedding or something like that. And it's like a really special occasion. And they've emailed me and said, you know, oh my gosh, I love these linens or my friend loves these linens. And so um, I think those like special moments are always, always really nice. And I guess yeah. that my, yeah, my ideal customer, I guess, would just be someone who, who really loves their linens. Aww. <laughs> yeah. Like the everyday girl. Who yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, so since this is the preppy podcast, I always ask everyone, what does preppy mean to you? So how would you describe preppy? Yeah. Um, I think, I mean, colorful, playful, um, I feel like just very happy, you know, Mm -hmm. um, classic, I think always comes to mind with preppy. Um, and I think preppy is just like a nice umbrella for a lot of different styles and trends and, um, you know, things like very, you know, kind of like the, like what I was saying with the striped t-shirt, I mean, that, to me is preppy, but then also, you know, like the very whimsical, like whole grand millennial style, I think is very preppy as well. Um, so, but yeah, I think just, just happy, colorful kind of lifestyle, I'd say. No, that's a great answer. Um, so I, I think you're great at entertaining and setting up a pretty table, obviously. So what's one tip that you have that you can share with everyone for entertaining? It could be, you know, about setting a table or a cocktail or whatever? Yeah. um, I think, I don't know if this counts as an answer, but I think always having music on in the background Mm -hmm. is really important, you know, just for, for like the vibe and the ambiance. Um, But, and I think actually Roxy had said this at one point, because I interviewed her for, um, uh, for a blog post that I had on my website. And I think that one of her tips was like, never use overhead lighting, always use like low lighting, like lamps and things like that. And that always sets a really nice mood too. Um, So, so yeah, I'm, I'm going to have to take that one from her, but that would be (laughs) another one that's a good one. Is there like a favorite playlist or genre of music or artist that you like to play when you're having people over? 
Yeah, I think, I mean, I'm, I love Spotify. I listen to Spotify all day long and they have like really good, like feel good dinner or yeah. like an Italian <laughs> dinner or something like that. So isn't so that so I, funny? <laughs> yes. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, if I'm feeling like, you know, I want to be in Italy tonight, I'll just play like the Italian dinner playlist. Yeah. I know the um, playlist names are so funny. We always play Italian yes. cooking radio when we're cooking. Yes. And then yeah. um, hipster cocktail party is a one yes. that we always play too, which yeah. is like so random. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. So a lot of times I just let Spotify sort of pick, you know, the mood we want. So, um, but yeah. And then any sort of like, I mean, I feel like on, on Spotify too, they have all these playlists that are like the Nancy Myers movies playlists. And those are always good with like, you know, some like French cafe music and things like that. So that's a good one. I'm going to have to add that. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) What is your favorite piece on your site right now? I'm sure it's like, a hard decision because you love everything. But right now, which one are you really into? Yeah, um, I love all the hand embroidered linens. So mm-hmm. like the fish kiss that you have, um, the the daisies and the poppies. Um, yeah, that's hard to pick. Maybe maybe <laughs> one of the florals, um, either the poppies or the daisies. I just, I love all the hand embroidery. It's so beautiful. And so um yeah, I would have to say one of those. If those counts. are really pretty. I saw the daisies <laughs> on your site the other day. I'm like, oh, those are so beautiful. <laughs> yeah, I love those. <laughs> so what's next for you? Any sneak peeks that you can tell my listeners about to look out for, like any new designs or a new collection, things like that? Yeah. Um, so I am we're close to launching probably a few weeks away, a collaboration with uh, Christian Ladd interiors. They're based in Texas. Um, And we have a couple of designs that are really beautiful um, hand embroidered um, designs. One is like a blue and white design. So it's like very classic, very pretty. Um, So I'm excited about those. Um, I think, I I think I can, I don't think this is a secret, but we're (laughs) launching, um, on Cherish soon as well. So we'll have our linens available, um, available at Cherish, um, in the near future. So cool. And will those be your existing designs or are you doing a specific, um, pattern or, you know, design for them? Yeah. So those right now it'll be our existing designs. Um, so our current, our current collection, um, a handful of styles from, from, uh, yeah, our current line will be available at Cherish. So, awesome. And what yeah. are you going to do holiday? I'm already like thinking holiday yeah. because in my world and you know, yours, we're yes. always six months ahead. So like yes. right now I'm like, oh, I'm so over summer. Like what's happening for holiday this year? Yes. No, that, well, even this month, I mean, with July, I, um, a couple of retailers had reached out about, you know, getting some Christmas designs yeah. this month for Christmas in July and things mm-hmm. like that, you know? So, um, but yeah, this yeah. year, the past couple of years, um, the 12 Days of Christmas set has done really well. So we'll have those again this year. Um, and mm-hmm. then the my favorite are the, and we did have these last year. This is our second year with them. But the Scattered Mistletoe design is a really pretty um, hand embroidered design. So we'll have those again um, this this holiday season. Um, and they'll be available on our website, um, at the end of this month already. So, oh my gosh, yay. Um, yeah. So I'm excited about those. But, awesome. Yeah. So my final question is where can people find you and your brand? Like what's your website address, uh, your social media handle, let everyone know that that way they can shop and follow along. 
Yep. So my social handle is at shop lettermaid. Um, and then my website is shoplettermaid.com. Um, and yeah, you can, you can find us on pretty much all social channels at shop lettermaid. Awesome. Well, thank you so yes. much. I had so much fun learning more about yes. you and your brand. Um, and like I said, we had met a few years ago at yes. an event uh, for The Grove, mm-hmm. but it's just so nice like digging deeper and yes. hearing more about you. So thank you. Yes. No, this is great. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to excited to do it today. Thank you so much for listening to the Preppy Podcast. I hope this put a little prep in your step for the day. Please subscribe, rate, and review on wherever you listen to your podcast and follow along with at the Preppy Podcast on social media. 